HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Copper and Kings, pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. For more information, visit copperandkings.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. And in the studio today, we've got my buddy TJ Lynch of Mother's Ruin That's right. in New York City. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Great to have you. Man, um, I, I, I feel lucky enough to have you in here and to be able to talk about uh, your bars and uh, yeah, and especially Mother's Ruin. I, I, I've had a lot of... Uh, had a lot of fun and questionable nights there. Yeah, that's kind of what we're all about. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I got to, I got to get behind that bar a couple times uh, when Brian Miller was doing Tiki Mondays there. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so that was that a lot was, of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a deceptively difficult bar. It's like it's cute and tiny, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm getting my to- I'm getting my ass kicked <laughs> left and right. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, that's you make it work, right? Yeah, it's fun. We uh, we we kind of inherited the bar, so we kind of had to adapt. You know, doing better cocktails at volume to this little weird, oddly shaped bar with weird equipment in it. So it was. I think that's that's uh, it's. We definitely deal a lot with that in New York City. You know, of all of all the the cities, yeah. you know, there's we, we have these weird, oddly shaped, old bars that you kind of inherit. Yeah, and you and have to shoehorn everything in there. You just got to make it work, man. Yeah, totally. It's, we, like we did uh, when we did Lorenzo's. There was so much space. I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> like I don't know what to do with <laughs> my just hands. All this room. It's crazy. <laughs> I should bring my badminton set in here. <laughs> So you guys have been around for five years now. Yeah, it'll be five years in on June second. Ah, congratulations, yeah. man! That's awesome. Crazy. It feels like uh, fifty years and five minutes at the same time. Yeah, totally. What was uh, what was your process in opening that place, man? It happened pretty quickly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was crazy. We we had all these big, grandiose plans. Uh, it being our first uh, project in New York, and we thought we were going like we had all this. We're raising all this money. And it was going to be this huge gut renovation and this huge build out in our concept and our vision and all this shit you know? and uh and then we get into the space and we're like i don't know man you know this, this room is kind of too small like you know? and my friend my friend tom wilson who owns reunion he was like he get into the space he's like you're an idiot he's like take the space it's in a great neighborhood he, you know and don't gut it he's like it's fine 
I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, all right, hear me out. He goes, what would happen if you didn't do anything to the space? I was like, what are you talking about? The place is a shithole. <laughs> he's like, no, no, just hear me out. He's like, would the drinks taste the same? I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. He goes, would the food taste the same? I'm like, oh, I guess. He goes, would the, would the music sound the same? Would the bartenders be just as good? I was like, well, yeah. He goes, well, then who gives a shit what you did to the floor? He's yeah. like, don't spend the money. So we literally went in, rolled down the gate. We, you know, all the money we raised was for legal and key money and crap like that. And we literally rolled down the gate and cleaned the place, painted it, and opened it in three days. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and we paid our investors off in 15 months. That's incredible, man. Yep. That's it's unheard of. Yeah, and we're about to do it again on Avenue C. Yeah. Yeah, after doing, you know, uh, what we did Wallflower two years ago and Lorenzo's last year, and those were huge full build-outs and all this, you know, like, basically where you end up being, you know, where you end up being like a general contractor. Yeah. And it's horrible. And you're like, you're meeting right. elect- electricians and plumbers at 9 a.m. every day. Yeah. So after doing that, we're like, you know, let's just go back to what we were good at. Let's just slap a coat of paint on this thing and open. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, it's a lot more fun that way. It's it's you know like coming from a couple of places where they repurposed old bars. It's you can make it work, man. Totally, like the Primeys Bar. It's tiny back there, but you know you you just make it work, man. Yeah, it's I, like it's you know, I, I know I get it. You know you know when you're trying to do your own thing and you're branching, out, you know you're making that step and it's and it's big and you have all these ideas, all the experience that you've accumulated and you want to use it and you want to do all that. you have this vision. But, I mean, I see people do it all the time. We get pitched, you know, with, like, different business plans and, and ideas and all the time. And people want to spend so much money. They're, yeah. they're like, dying to spend $1.3 million. On, I'm like, well, when are you going to get – how are you ever going to get that paid off? Right. Like, you're going to be an employee for five years. You're going to – you know? yeah, basically, you're going to be working your ass off, like, nonstop. Yeah, and, like, like $2 million build-outs on their first project. I was like, dude, maybe – Start a little smaller. I'd like to get a paycheck. At yeah, some point, I mean, yeah. maybe start out like you know, doing something a little more chill. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what was the? I mean, I like. I know. Uh, not to veer off the bar for too long, but man, the fucking grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> what the hell? You know, it's funny. Everybody thinks that like I was super high when I came up with that one. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't smoke weed. Well, you I, come you come from a, a culinary background. I'm not saying yeah. that that means you smoke weed, but right. it, it kind of does. I, yeah, I mean, and I cooked for a long time, and, and so like that kind of helps us not uh, have to pay for a chef. Mm-hmm. Saves a lot of money, uh, you know. And it's good that I finally have something to show for eight years of sweating it out in the kitchen. Yeah, uh, but. Um, yeah, everybody thought I was like super stoned when I came up with it because it's total stoner food. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, we basically we make French onion soup, like classically, and then we take the onions out of the soup, make like you know, and leave it like a, as a juve type situation, and then we uh, we get some really nice crusty bread from Balazar, and then we do um, a grilled cheese with the onions in the grilled cheese, and then we gratiné the top of the of the sandwich, kind of like the top of the French yeah. onion soup bowl, and then you just take that and dip it into the jus. It's, it's crack. So awesome, man, yeah. dude. I it's. I think about it all the time, man. <laughs> I've only had it like 6,000 times, and I, and, I, and I still like it, which is amazing. That's awesome, man. So, go, that well, going back to the bar, what was the original ideas for the like the, the drink offering? Because I know, like, there's definitely... I've definitely had cocktails there, but I've also had a, a shitload of Tecate that's dressed down. Yeah, well, just, it's <laughs> funny, because... Um, so, I, I worked with Toby Maloney over... Uh, he, did, he was the consulting uh, cocktail guy at the Rusty Knot back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he he, did, he put together this really cool tiki program. It's like this high volume tiki thing that he was doing. It was so it was so smart and fast and brilliant and delicious. He did like eleven tiki drinks off of this like this like 
two, three, four bottle pickup with like this great house made, you know, sour with tons of mango in it. That was just like, just, it was, it was like speed tiki. It was amazing. Um, yeah, it was super cool. And then everything was like, you threw three cold draft cubes in a small tin, ran, uh, scooped it through the crushed, (laughs) put it into the big tin, give it one whack and roll it into a tiki mug. It was like perfect. That's amazing. It was really cool. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna steal that man. <laughs> it's it, it's brilliant. It's, it was so cool. Um, so, um, but working with him, he's from Texas, so he spent a lot of time in Texas when he was a kid. And every, you know, everybody in Texas puts salt and lime on their on mm-hmm. their canned beers. So that's what we were doing at the Rusty Knot. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And I had it. I'm like, "All right, that's delicious." So, and then when we when we took over uh, the space that Mother's Ruin is in, there was a case of Tecate oddly just sitting in the refrigerator when we got there. It was like and a welcome I, gift. Yeah, just just leftover. You know, I was like, oh, so I was like, all right, and 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 I love Cholula because it's like yeah. my favorite hot sauce. Uh, don't tell all the other hot sauces I said that because because <laughs> I, I love them all equally. Um, so uh, so I went down to the bodega in the corner for Mother's and I grabbed a bottle of Cholula and we just started doing lime salt and Cholula on it, like just like for us. Yeah, and then like it just took off, and now uh, we depending on the month we're either the number one or number two seller of Tecate in New York. That's crazy. Yeah, last year we sold two thousand and seven cases of Tecate. Two thousand and seven cases. Jesus Christ! Out of a, <laughs> out of eight hundred square feet. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I probably had about six. <laughs> exactly of <those>. right. Um, <laughs> I thank you for that. That's incredible. That's incredible, man. Um, so yeah, that's definitely an, that's an, that's iconic of of Mother's Ruin. Another thing is like you guys always have frozen drinks. Which is awesome. Yeah, the slushy machine is, I don't know, it, it's, we actually, we started it five years ago when we opened and we we were so dumb. We were like, all right, we're just going to make this one brunch slushy and run, and, and run it for brunch. And then we were going to take the machine back in the kitchen after brunch. Yeah. And, we're like, and we did that for like the first two weeks. And then we're like, man, this fucking machine is really heavy. <laughs> Maybe we'll just leave it on the bar. <laughs> and then it just, you know, it just got out of control. And, and we were also... Again, very stupid by thinking at the beginning, like, hey, man, we'll just do a batch. And whenever it runs out, we'll just do a different one the next time. I mean, we've got tons of ideas, right? <laughs> All right. So if you think about it, if you do the math, we've been five years. We go through a batch at the slowest three days. Mm-hmm. So let's just say three days. Let's say it's three days per batch. So you do five times 365 divided by three. How many batches is that? How many new recipes is that? Oh, shit, man. Yeah, you you do it. Yeah, you said you were yeah. doing them different yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we've done everything. Good you name God, it, man. you name a vegetable, a fruit, a spice, <laughs> a, a booze, a modifier. You name it. Like it's been an edge machine. We're so tapped out. Like we're just so <laughs> fried. We got nothing left. So I think we we started repeating like a few months ago. We're like, all right, fuck it. There's just no way. Do you have them all logged? No way. Not a chance. <laughs> we <laughs> just. I was gonna say, man. That's that's a that's a cocktail book. Yeah, I mean, we I, between Owen. Uh, James and I, we could sit down and probably just rattle off like two, three hundred, like off, just off the top of our heads. That's awesome, man. It's crazy. Yeah, my, I, I, had to, I had to pass the torch to Owen. I, I, after year three, I was just fried. I was like, <laughs> dude, you got to take over. I can't do this anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> but it is, it's like, it, like, it's awesome because it is a very iconic thing yeah, for it's your fun, bar, you know? you know? Yeah, it's fun. And, People and go there for that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, like the first couple months, we'd be like, oh, I came here for that slushie you made the other day. And like, oh, well, we changed it all the time. And then we got some, everybody at the beginning gave us a lot of flack. Like, I can't believe you don't have that anymore. <laughs> and But now that everybody gets it, now everybody comes back because they know that it's going to be something different. And then it's always going to be good. Yeah. You know, and, and all the times, you know, people just put, too, they put way too much sugar. 
and you know like there's like this misnomer that you you have to add some form of sugar content to have a slow you know it's makes to, it, to make it actually it, yeah, freeze over it, yeah, it's it's bullshit like so what it, oh, yeah, gonna, yeah you're, no i was gonna answer you basically just make you make cocktail the way you want it yeah. you know if if you're using really expensive ingredients you might want to find like a lengthener like whether yeah. it be like tea or cucumber juice something that, that can really give it some some length to it but for the most part just make it the way you would want to drink it and add dilution maybe add a tiny bit more dilution depending on your alcohol content but other than that it's pretty simple and those machines usually take like at least like four or five hours to freeze right well it depends so, depends on the size i guess yeah so we we started with a smaller machine and we would just like it, it would suck because we would run out like we'd have to we'd be filling up the batch like two three times a night in, yeah. in the hopper and then we we graduated to a um, uh, water cooled machine, which is way better. Uh, it just it's, it's less noise, less heat dissipation, mm. and uh, it chills things a lot faster. But we also learned, learned that we actually make the batch a day at a time and we put it in the walk in overnight. So yeah. a super cold batch can can freeze in twenty minutes. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because I know like they uh, out here at Roberta's, um, they have a frozen drink machine in the tiki tent. In the backyard, and uh, I think it's the same one that you guys have. Yeah, the Frosty Frosty Factory? I think so, yeah. Those things are awesome. It's been a while since I've been out there, but uh, um, yeah, because I've seen them throw the batch in like like 30 minutes before they open, and I'm just like, what the hell are you guys doing? (laughs) It's not going to be ready, and it always is. I've I've never had great uh, luck using uh, social machines, but we're going to find out (laughs) this week, though. Exactly, right? Well, the... um, you know, there's a lot of different brands out there. I think everybody talks about Taylor. I think I've never used a Taylor, but I think they're I hear they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, like the well, the reason I chose Frosty Factory is because it's a great um, name. First of yeah, all, yeah, well, <laughs> right. And uh, I was working in Miami, and uh, I went to Wet Willie's oh, in yeah. Miami. Horrible place, just like <laughs> grain alcohol and high fructose corn syrup and food coloring all day. But <laughs> but it's still fun. And I looked, and like you know, they have like eight of them through the South, eight wet willies. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they have one in Charleston and some other else. And um, all they only use Frosty Factory. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're like uh. these. Look, these they're open from like 10 a.m. till 4 a.m. So these machines are running like crazy hours, and like it's all they use. I'm like, if these guys are using it, that's my shit right there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got a cool name. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what the ones they use uh, in the the. The daiquiri shacks in New Orleans. A lot of frosty factories. Are they saying? Yeah. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. those never turn off. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're tanks. You know, like I think the reason that they work really well is there's just not a lot of like super di- digital or crazy components. It's pretty basic stuff. It's like on off. Yeah, it's like the Osterizer blender. You know, yeah, two just, speeds. Yeah, less moving parts. The better. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I want one. I want one so bad. Gah. Oh, you guys, are gonna, you guys will have one this week, right? We're gonna have one tomorrow for our, our one year anniversary. Yeah, I think it's it's ours. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's old, it's old faithful. You're gonna love yeah. it. It's a good it's cool. a good machine. Nice. Man. It, it's Thanks. got it's got a lot of history. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for letting this borrow. Hopefully, it doesn't break down for you guys in the, in the middle of the show. Uh, <laughs> I we'll, just jinxed we'll, myself. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it, it, there's plenty of other options if it breaks down. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, Mother's Ruin. Uh, you guys. Another thing that I've noticed about you guys, you you really have your finger on the pulse. Like, is a business with like programming and special events and stuff like that. That's it's. I mean, that definitely takes a lot of relationships with different brands and other bars. And um, yeah, well, I guess it. I mean, 
it's funny how it, it just kind of happens, like, not, I guess organically now, but it just, like, you know, when we opened, we just wanted to be a place for our industry people to hang out. That's why we, like, we were dead, 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 dead after 12 o'clock at night, almost every night. But we stayed up until 4 and stayed, keep the kitchen open until 4, no matter what. No matter, it was just me sitting on a stool by myself. Because we knew eventually, once everybody would figure it out, they know they could count on us to always be open, sure. always be open late, never close early, and that kind of helped us, you know, be the industry spot. So then that that brought all the brand, in, you know, sure. uh, attention and everything else. So I think the key is just, was us just being super consistent about being open late, and you know, when everybody gets off work, they can come in for food and drinks and stuff until you know at, le- at least four a.m. Yeah, that's yeah. you got to keep the lights on, man. For for nothing pisses me off more. You know when. So- Especially, you know, the bars that close at, like, 2, and then you have to shut down, you, like, break down, and then, like, and it, a- around, like, 3.15, you get out, and you're like, fuck, man, I really just want to go get a beer and a and a Yeah, and you show up, sandwich. and they're already closed. Yeah. Oh, that's, like, my biggest pet peeve yeah, ever man. is, like, going somewhere and, you know, you even go online and check out their website or whatever, and they say, oh, we're open until this hour, and you show up, like, oh, we closed early. I'm like, I really just want to, like, flip a table and, and go ballistic. It's just such a the biggest like fuck you to your customers. It's like, oh, you know what? I was going to serve you some cool stuff and you know, some good food, and, but you know what? I don't really like you that much, so I'm just going to close yeah, it. I just got bored. Go fuck yourself. I just got bored. So yeah. annoying. It's such. A, it's such a. It's the opposite of hospitality. It's, it's the, yeah. the opposite of why we're in this business. Yep. We're, we're here to like hook people up. Yeah. You know, and like, and I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get you good stuff. It's like that's the whole point. And for people to just close early, it's just like it's like why are you even in this business? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the stupidest thing about that is that as a bartender working those late hours, that last like 45 minutes to an hour of business can pay your rent. Totally. If you you stay open. Seriously. You know, it's crazy. I just, yeah, it still blows my mind that people do that to this day. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. So, TJ, let's take a quick break. Okay. When we get back, I want to talk about your new project yeah. that you're working on in the East Village. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back in a moment. Right. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, the executive producer of Heritage Radio Network, also the host of Full Service Radio. And I want to talk to you about Brandy. Uh, I was lucky enough to visit Louisville, and we all know Kentucky is whiskey territory. However, the best thing I had to drink was brandy. I got to visit Copper and King's Distillery, and they make pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, matured with rock and roll. That's right sonic aging they're playing music to the barrels the stuff is double distilled non-chill filtered unadulterated by bois sugar or caramel color and this stuff is feisty rambunctious with a long smooth finish the stuff isn't made exactly in the style of an international brandy or a cognac it's more along the lines of an american whiskey i can really be honest here and tell you i'm not just reading you an ad i'm giving you a tip american brandy you're not seeing it everywhere copper and kings is doing it incredibly well and they're cool people the distillery is full of incredible art like i said they're playing rock and roll to the barrels so again copper and kings pure copper pot distilled american brandy aged in kentucky bourbon barrels that's copperandkings.com drink it neat put it in a cocktail sub it for your brown spirits experiment have fun get funky this stuff is awesome and we are back 
You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network, and we have T.J. Lynch in the studio today. We were just talking before the break about the process of opening Mother's Ruin, and I can't believe you open in three days. That's insane. Um, <laughs> well, we cheated, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's creative. I wouldn't call it cheating. It's very creative opening. Um, but so, so now you're opening a new place uh, in uh, the East Village. Uh, yeah, with any, with any luck. With any luck? As long as if the uh, community board doesn't have anything to do about it. Yeah, so what's what's going on with that? Well, they're just the same. You know, it's, uh, you know, they always say that, you know, all our lawyers say that, you know, the worst community board, you know, shifts from, like, one to the other. Like, you know, it was CB3, which is the East Village, which is what we're dealing with now. They were the worst for a long time because of, remember Lesouk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lesouk ruined it for everybody for, like, ten years. Wow. <laughs> they yeah. were so bad. And then and then it got kind of got better in CB three and then it, then CB two got worse. That's the one on the west side, then West Village and all that stuff. That got really bad, and then now it's back on CB three in the East Village. It's the worst. They're just completely out of control. It seems like like the community boards in the city for the most part are like just old psychopaths that have nothing better to do than fuck with people. It, exactly, you know, and you know, and they you know they've obviously been here for a long time, um, and they have a lot of concerns. Which is valid, you know. Like there should be, there should be community boards. You know, there should be people that are in touch with the, what's happening in the community and have some 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 say into what direction things head and who does what. And like you know, it can't be just a complete free for all across the board. Sure. You know, because that would be bad for everybody. But that's not actually what they do now. Like especially when it gets really bad, they they're just you know crazy power hungry, you know self serving. You know, it's just it's not for the ultimate benefit of the community. Is what they're, you know, not yeah. doing that anymore. So, what what are some of the uh, some examples of uh, <sighs> these hurdles that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so we we went up a couple weeks ago for the East Village spot. Uh, we went to the the hearing for and to have our our uh, application to the SLA gone over by the community board, and they had nothing wrong with it. But well, technically. You know, there's all these little things that they could nail you for. It's like the 500 foot rule, the uh, you know, like proximity to a church. Um, if you have people from the community to stand up to oppose you, right? And then right. you know, for A, B, C reasons or whatever. Sure. There's you know, there's a bunch of things that are like real legitimate reasons to where you shouldn't be able to uh, get that license. Um, we had none of that. We, they had nothing to say. Uh, uh, we had 187 signatures. Not just from our block or from our area, but from our building and the building next to us and the building across the street. We had two people from the community stand up to speak on our behalf. Take time, they took time out of their week to show up and say why they thought this was a good idea and that they were supportive. And actually, the, the Loisada organization who runs basically runs Avenue C, they showed up to, to voice their uh, support of us. And, and no one stood up to oppose us. And, and it was an airtight application. And... Seriously, verbatim, the one lady in the community board looked at the other lady in the community board and said, well, well, we have to deny them, right? Because we're denying everyone tonight. That's what we're doing, right? <laughs> That's, that was their justification for denying us. So they just decided that they wanted to just deny everyone exactly. that, that night for no reason. Exactly. So, um, I mean, ultimately, that's actually kind of the best thing that could have happened because because uh, when that happens, you basically just you go you bypass them and you go directly to the SLA with your application and you say here's what happened and the SLA SLA looks at your application and realizes that it's totally fine 
and the community board has lost their minds again, and they pretty much just grant you what you asked for at that point, right? So where and, they could have given you like an early curfew. Yeah. See, like, see, this is where they're this, exactly. This is where they're not helping themselves. If they would have approved, if the community board would, because they they can't approve or, de- or deny, they can only recommend to mm-hmm. the SLA what we what the SLA should do. Because um, yeah, let's not forget the community board actually has no real power. Right. So uh, they don't think that, but they they don't have any power. <laughs> they just they just kind of weed out the crazies. Yeah, for the yeah. SLA. They, they vet everybody for the SLA. It's actually easier for the SLA to do it this way. That way, the community boards kind of filter everything out. And then the SLA won't approve something that the community board doesn't like, because then that creates a bunch of static and, right. and it's a headache for them. Anyway, so. Um, but then since they had no reason. Yeah, so we just go right to the SLA. So if if they would have been less power hungry and ego maniacal about this, and they could have said, okay, we're going to recommend that the SLA approve your application with these stipulations. They can cur- curtail your hours. They can make you shut your windows by a certain time. You have a, need a licensed bonded doorman outside to keep the noise out. You could, there's all kinds of other things that they could tack on to your license if they approve it or if they, if they suggest an approval to the SLA, right? And th- this is working with the community. This is like, you know, helping mold and shape and uh, going in a direction and all that stuff, right? Instead, they're just crazy and just said, flat out, denied us for no reason. So we just go right to the SLA and we get our license without any stipulations. And you can be open till four. Yeah. I mean, we're, can... well, we're going to ask for three because it's, it's it's, CB3 is still a little bit touchy right now. Yeah. But we're, we'll ask for three. We'll probably get two. For the and then, but we'll immediately refile to get four. Right. So we'll get we'll get two at the gate, and then in then like three four months, we'll, if we're, everything's squeaky clean, which is kind of how we operate anyway. If yeah. the neighborhood loves us, which they already do, then we'll apply for four, and we'll probably get that afterwards. It's amazing how that works, man. Um, it's yeah, it's bad. Do they do they not understand? Do they just not understand that? Like, I guess maybe they're thinking that by denying your application uh, or the suggestion of your application to the SLA that maybe that was going to like break you right? and, yeah. and like then you'd just be like oh well I guess we gotta give up we're not opening yeah exactly and they, they, they do that they, they, they're counting on that and they're also counting they do a thing where they hold you over that's another tricky thing they do now where they don't deny you because if you if they straight up deny you or they you know, deny, or recommend that you get denied um, then they, you'll go right to the SLA like we're gonna do but sometimes uh, if they're smarter, like CB2 is smarter about this, they'll hold you over, right? So they won't flat out deny you, but they say, you know what? We're going to need to see more from you, so we're going to hold you over to next month. And they'll keep doing that and doing oh, that until man. you run out of money. That's evil. so shitty. Yeah. Wow. That's some evil shit right there. Wow. Yeah. But if you have a good lawyer and your and your game is really tight, then ultimately there's not a lot to worry about. It's just it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know. But I mean, but I've seen. Dude, I saw, um, you know Zaragoza, the little taco place on yeah. 12th and B? Mm-hmm. Uh, love that place, right? No, 12th and A. Yeah, 12th and A. Is it B? I can't remember. Oh, uh, whatever. Anyway, I um, thought it was on a It's like a little bodega <laughs> that has great tacos, and they had, and like you could go in the back and sit down and eat your tacos and like literally just slide the, the refrigerator door open and grab your beers, and like yeah. it was awesome. Great little spot, little uh, husband and wife spot. It's been there 17 years. Um, they went up for their renewal was it two years ago? Three years ago, and you know, didn't bring a lawyer. They don't, they don't have a lawyer. They don't need a lawyer, right? right? So they went up for their renewal, and the community board saw an opportunity. So they stripped them of their beer and wine license, just because they didn't. They figured out that they didn't know any better, so they just told them they couldn't have it, 
And since they didn't, you know, the guys from Zaragoza did, didn't know what the deal is. They don't, I mean, English is their second language. They've been here for forever. They never needed to do this before. Yeah. So the SLA or the community board just took their license away from them. That's fucked up, man. For no reason. Uh, you know, it, 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 but the guys from Zaragoza didn't didn't know the difference. They didn't know that that wasn't cool. That wasn't legal. So did they get it back? Nope. Still just uh, still st- not even beer and wine. I think I know a guy who would help them out. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> they, yeah, it's just such bullshit. Oh man, that's 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 fucked up, man. You're fucking with someone's like they, yeah. they weren't hurting anybody. Did they have? And any- I guarantee Zaragoza had been there longer than most people on the board have lived there. Yeah, that you sucks. Know? And then you're fucking with that, that their livelihood, man. Yeah, it's just, you're crushing the American dream, man. I know. So not just cool, Just crushing man. it. So not cool. God. It's like, it's like school in the summertime. Nope. <laughs> no class. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, shit, man. Uh, I hope that all works out with you. And, yeah, you know, fingers crossed. I'm sure it will. Yeah. I mean, you guys are pretty damn yeah. savvy to open a yeah. flip over in a bar in three days. I'm, yeah, I'm sure this is going to be no problem. For yeah, you we're going to do the same thing. You were, you know, we're looking for, I mean, the space that we're working on now, it's, we're not locked down because nothing's ever set in stone until you got the keys in your dirty little hand. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're working on a spot that's literally, it's the same size as mother's. It kind of looks like mother's. We are just going to go in and paint it and open just like mother's. So, uh, if we don't get that space, we're going to probably do something very similar in the same vein. You know, like, after doing, like, we did two, like, big consulting build-outs the last two years, and it's like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. I'm tired of being a general contractor. Yeah. Dealing with plumbers and electricians and carpenters. and. I think it's good to, like, have the knowledge and experience with that, you know, like, at some point in your life, you know, like... Yeah, it's, it might it, come in handy. It's nice to know, like, why this works and why this needs this permit and, you know, all yeah. that stuff, but... Yeah, it's it takes the uh, the fun and romance out of opening <laughs> totally, a bar, right? you know. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute, am I am I a bar person or am I a carpenter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you can be both. Yeah, right. It's just, just as long yeah. as it's fifty one percent bar and forty nine percent carpenter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I man, uh, it's great to have you on the show yeah, today. Man, I'm, I'm, me. I'm really happy that you could make it in, and also you're going to be. We're, oh, going, yeah. we're going to my bar now. I can't you, wait. Where are you going to make some drinks? When was the last time you were behind the bar? Well, I technically I still have Mondays at Mother's, but okay. I, I keep I give it to Maria these days because <laughs> yeah, because she, she needs shifts. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not working right now. So I haven't I haven't bartended in almost three months. Well, you're going to do it today. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, I'm yes. going to go break some glasses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just limit it to one an hour. Okay, good. All right, <laughs> I'll make sure I get it in the well though. You know, <laughs> yeah, right in the ice well, <laughs> totally. Yeah, we're going to be at Grand Army from 5 to 7 tonight making some drinks with TJ. And, yeah, come by and have some cocktails and hang out with us. Great. Uh, we'll probably whip up some snackeries. You never know. You never, you never know. what's going to happen. You never know. And then also come by Grand Army tomorrow night. It's our one-year anniversary, actually. Oh, and yeah. uh, we're going to be, and it's also Cinco de Mayo, so it'll be a piñata full of probably like Fernet Branca mini bottles. I don't know. It's going to be something weird. Something weird. <laughs> Love it. All right, that's it for the speaking this week. DJ, thanks again. Thanks again, man. And let's go to the bar. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.